Today's discussion will be about hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes. If someone were to ask you what was the most epidemic disease of the so-called civilized world, you might say cancer. Cancer is certainly a most feared of modern-day diseases. You might choose heart disease. Heart disease is also more common today than at any time in history. This condition, in fact, kills more people around the world than any other single cause. Yet neither of these conditions is the most epidemic. When we refer to an epidemic, we mean a disease or condition which is on the rapid exponential rise and is spreading with unusual speed. Adult onset diabetes, or what we call type 2 non-insulin dependent diabetes, is the epidemic of the 20th and now the 21st century. It is rising in numbers faster than all chronic degenerative diseases combined. Diabetes is so common in the United States that almost everyone alive knows someone who has the disorder. According to the National Institutes of Health, there are about 12 million diagnosed diabetics in America, and at least as many or more who have not yet been diagnosed. There are over 800,000 new cases of diabetes every single year. That's one about every uh, 30 seconds or less. To make matters worse, each year tens of thousands of Americans lose their eyesight, compromise their circulation, suffer irreversible heart damage, require amputations of lower limbs, all due to diabetes. Of all of these cases of diabetes, 90% of them are what we call the adult onset or now type 2 variety. Less than 10% are genetically induced type 1 or juvenile onset. We will not be discussing those today. We will focus our attention on the epidemic type 2 variety. The sad part about all of these statistics is that adult onset type 2 diabetes is completely controllable and very often reversible without the need for dangerous drugs or worse yet, the misuse of insulin. So let's take a look at how this progresses. The core of all of these groups of disorders, uh, which we will discuss, which is, includes hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, insulin resistance, and of course type 2 diabetes, they all have their origin in the production of excess insulin by the pancreas. This is caused by almost exclusively our diet. Insulin is produced in response to excess blood sugar, and excess blood sugar comes primarily from refined carbohydrates and sugars. And what happens is the standard American or industrialized diet is producing so much excess blood sugar because of the high volume of these foods that we consume. Many of us consume more sugar-forming foods in one day than our ancestors consumed all month. And the body has not had a chance to adapt or to adjust to this rapid change. How rapid? A hundred years. And that may seem like a long time, but that's really only four or five generations. And during that time, the profound increase in sugar-forming foods has led to this out-of-control yet 
very controllable epidemic. So let's take a look at hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia, or low blood sugar, most often occurs when the body produces excess insulin in response to excess sugar-forming foods. Insulin's responsibility is to remove excess blood sugar and store it in the body in various places. The first sites for storage of excess glucose would be in the liver and the muscle cells. Insulin converts blood sugar or glucose into a substance called glycogen. Glycogen then is stored in the liver and muscle tissue. However, the capacity for the body to store excess sugar in the form of glycogen is quite limited. And once those storehouses are full, other things, nasty things, begin to occur. In the case of hypoglycemia, the insulin receptor sites, which are the cells of the body that insulin needs in order to remove blood sugar, in order to store it, um, are very effective. And they are working at their prime. And what happens is the insulin then removes too much blood sugar, causing a drop in serum or blood sugar. And this results in some of the classic symptoms that we know as low blood sugar symptoms. And hypoglycemia is one of the few true medical emergencies because when your blood sugar falls too low, um, death can result. So let's take a look at some of the symptoms of low blood sugar, first of all. Uh, they would include headaches, blurred vision, mental confusion, uh, tingling sensation in the fingers or tongue, uh, ringing in the ears, elevated uh, uh, pulse rate, difficulty in tasting sweet foods. In other words, you become more desensitized to the taste of sweet, requiring more and more sugar foods in order to get that satisfaction. Uh, tiredness, fatigue, weakness, uh, sudden awakening from a sound sleep, nervousness, uh, cold, clammy skin, restlessness, uh, overweight. Uh, it's amazing how many hypoglycemic sufferers are already overweight. And as you'll see very soon, uh, overweight and obesity plays a major role uh, in both the cause of the problem as well as the ongoing continuation of the problem. Hypoglycemia uh, is best controlled, funny enough, by diet. Uh, there are no drugs uh, that are effective to treat uh, the hypoglycemic individual. It must be treated by very carefully structured diet uh, where you need some carbohydrate, but the idea is to ingest what we call low glycemic index carbohydrates or slow burning. Uh, examples of that would be whole grains, for example, because they take hours to break down in the digestive system, which means that the glucose from those sources is going to trickle into the bloodstream more slowly. This will help to prevent a rapid release of insulin from the pancreas, thus lowering the blood sugar too fast and too quickly. It is an interesting thing that most hypoglycemics, if they are not treated properly, if they don't um, 
get the handle on this thing as soon as possible can eventually uh, proceed to full-blown type 2 diabetes. In fact, uh, 8 out of 10 people who suffer from hypoglycemic uh, episodes and are also overweight or obese will likely progress to type 2 diabetes over time. The condition medically is called hyperinsulinemia, which is a fancy word for excess insulin production. And funny enough, uh, when we look at the causative factors behind hypoglycemia, obesity, and adult-onset type 2 diabetes, we find the same little culprit behind each one of those, and that's hyperinsulinemia or excess insulin production. In the hypoglycemic patient, the excess insulin is produced by the pancreas, drives the blood sugar too low, and the shakiness, the confusion, uh, even, even to the point of passing out and losing consciousness uh, can occur. And uh, this is not uh, a safe situation. In fact, uh, it can be deadly. It can be fatal. Um, so let's take a look, before we talk about uh, type 2 diabetes, which is the focus of this discussion, let's talk a little bit about exactly what insulin is. In order to understand these conditions more clearly, it is essential to understand the role of insulin. Many people are of the erroneous thinking that insulin burns up excess glucose. It does not. Insulin serves to transport excess glucose to storage sites. The first, as we said, and normal site for glucose storage is in the liver and the muscles, but this is very limited. And unfortunately, once those storage houses are full, then the body has to convert the glucose to another substance called triglycerides. And triglycerides are then stored in the fat cells of the body. This is why excess insulin production is at the heart of overweight and obesity for a vast number of people. All sugar-forming foods, and those are all carbohydrates, uh, eventually will break down into blood sugar. The key is the speed at which this breakdown occurs. The faster the conversion, the more insulin is required, more insulin is pumped into the bloodstream, setting the stage for insulin disorders of obesity, hypoglycemia, and, of course, diabetes. The whole cycle of insulin production and response can develop into terrible downward spirals. As more and more insulin is produced from excess sugars in the diet, more and more sugar is converted to triglycerides and stored in fat cells, and then the body weight goes up, uh, oftentimes very, very quickly. Uh, as the body weight rises, insulin becomes less and less effective because over time, those insulin receptor sites that we talked about become desensitized. They lose their ability to interact with insulin. The end result of that is it requires even more insulin to drive excess blood sugar out of the bloodstream. And this begins the long uh, and often terrible road towards the most epidemic disease uh, of our lifetime. And that is, of course, type 2 diabetes. As the insulin receptor sites become less and less functioning, the person proceeds closer and closer towards full-blown diabetes. 
when we look at the situation, we can see that intervention, the earlier that intervention takes place, the better it is for the individual. Very few people are born with diabetes. Those that are, are called juvenile onset or type 1. And that is a, a, a genetic problem. It's called pancreatic failure, where the beta cells of the pancreas do not produce any insulin at all. Those individuals are, by circumstance, forced to use insulin by injection. They are the only type of diabetics who should be using insulin at all. The type 2 diabetic has already far, far too high an amount of insulin circulating in their system. The last thing they need is more. In fact, when you start injecting insulin into the type 2 diabetic, in most cases, it just hastens their disease, their side effects, and the deterioration of their entire body. The type 2 diabetic needs to reduce available sugars and sugar-forming foods from the diet in order to take the demand off the insulin receptor sites. And the good news is, is once we do that, the insulin receptor sites can actually recover. But they can't do that if they're constantly being flooded by this powerful insulin hormone. Excess glucose or blood sugar is one of the body's true emergencies. And the body has several ways of removing that excess blood sugar. It can do so through the urine. Uh, it can do so uh, even through breathing. And uh, some of the uh, situations that we often see in type 2 diabetics would be osteoporosis or bone loss, uh, poor skin conditions, uh, poor circulation, and eventually loss of eyesight due to diabetic uh, retinopathy. Uh, leg amputations uh, of the lower limbs because of circulatory problems, because this excess blood sugar and insulin is playing a dangerous and deadly uh, dance within uh, the human body. Some of the initial common symptoms or warning signs of type 2 diabetes include excessive thirst, frequent urination, wounds which heal slowly, fatigue, excessive tiredness, um, an increase in infections, uh, an abnormal weight loss or weight gain, loss of libido or sexual desire, uh, and there are many others. If you have a genetic predisposition to type 2 diabetes, which we know is hereditary, uh, you need to be even more cautious uh, about what you're going to do in the way of monitoring it and especially monitoring your diet. There are things that we can do naturally to help the type 2 diabetic, but the core solution to managing and even reversing this condition is diet. In addition to these dietary factors of excess sugars, uh, there are other situations that can often worsen or uh, create an onset of uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, some of these uh, affect the body's ability to uh, utilize insulin properly. One of the things that we need to keep in mind uh, is a common denominator in diabetes, as it is with most all 
chronic degenerative diseases, including heart disease, arthritis, etc., is a situation called excessive inflammation. The inflammatory response within the body is vital under certain circumstances. It is designed to protect us. Uh, it is designed to protect injured tissues from further damage. But when silent or ongoing excessive inflammation takes place, it damages a wide variety of factors within the body and helps to reduce their ability to address the problem. We call diabetes the final insult to human chemistry. And the reason for that is, is now the individual has excess insulin, but has poor insulin receptor site function. And this results in uh, excessively high blood sugar with nowhere for it to go. And uh, this condition, as I said, is called insulin resistance. And insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome um, is something that is the final stages of this disease process. And uh, we usually see uh, type 2 diabetes, or we used to. I remember when I first got, got in, into alternative medicine and nutrition, we didn't see a type 2 diabetic uh, under the age of 50, very, very rarely. And today, we are now seeing type 2 diabetes uh, not only in 30-year-olds, uh, but also in adolescents and children. And that is 100% caused by the standard industrialized or standard American diet. So what can we do about this problem? Well, medicine for decades has viewed diabetes as a disease of insulin deficiency. Their logic was, well, if there's excess blood sugar, there's not enough insulin to remove it. So they gave patients insulin by injection, which hastened their deterioration and death uh, probably by a decade or more. Uh, diabetes I have often referred to as the non-infectious leprosy of the 20th and sadly now the 21st century. And that's because the effect of excess blood sugar and excess insulin on the body slowly destroys it one body part at a time. And uh, it, it, to watch this is so painful and especially so because it is preventable. So, first things first, let's talk about diet. It is essential for the type 2 diabetic to control and drastically begin to reduce their intake of sugar-forming foods, which include all carbohydrates with the exception of fibers. Fibers are non-digestible, so they do not affect blood sugar. And certainly, the more refined those carbohydrates are, down to the point of sugars, uh, are the worst because they cause an almost instantaneous rise in blood sugar and an instantaneous response by the body producing excess insulin production. And this happens day after day, meal after meal, week after week, year after year, with no end in sight. And uh, the end result, of course, is massive obesity which then further damages the insulin receptor sites. If you are a diabetic and you are currently on medication, you need to consult with your physician or 
hopefully a physician or a dietitian that actually understands this disorder, because most of them don't. I have had dietitians tell uh, diabetics that they need 200 grams of sugar-forming foods every day because they have so much insulin they have to burn it up. That's absolute insanity. Nothing could be further from the truth. Consuming that amount of excess carbohydrates per day almost 100% guarantees that that person will be diabetic for the rest of their uncomfortable life. But if you are taking medications, you do need to have a responsible individual who can help lower carbohydrate intake slowly. Because if you're taking these medications and drop your carbohydrate intake rapidly, you could have uh, a low blood sugar incidence. If you are diabetic and not currently taking medication, then it is vitally important that you drop your carbohydrate intake and you can do so very rapidly. We usually recommend for a non-medication type 2 diabetic to go down to somewhere around 40 grams of carbohydrates per day. That's not very much compared to how much the standard industrialized diet uh, provides. For many of us, we consume three, four, five hundred grams of sugar-forming foods every day. And so it is a drastic change, but one that is absolutely necessary in order to save uh, your life and get out of this situation. If you're taking medication, it's wise to reduce carbohydrate intake slowly, which you need to do with the benefit of a healthcare provider. Once we get your overall carbohydrate and sugar intake down to a safe level, and what is a safe level? 50 grams a day or less. We can then begin to see how blood sugar will fall all by itself. And once blood sugar falls, insulin levels also fall. Remember, Type 2 diabetes is not a disease of high blood sugar. It is a disease of excess insulin production, which then causes insulin receptor site failure, which causes high blood sugar. And medicine has been treating this disease as a disease of high blood sugar for decades, waging war with this excess blood sugar, not realizing that if they lower insulin response and insulin levels, the blood sugar will fall all by itself. And we do that primarily, although not exclusively, with diet modification. Once we get the individual down to a safer level of carbohydrate intake, there are then many nutrients that we can use to help facilitate this ongoing process. One of the most addictive substances known to man is sugar. It's legal, it's everywhere, and the food industry uses it because they know how addictive blood sugar is. I have had many individuals over the years, hundreds of them, tell me that their cravings for starch and sugary foods are so enormous that they can't sleep, they can't think. All they can think about is sugar and starches. Well, there are several nutrients that are available that can help curtail the cravings for starch and sugary foods. 
You see, when you crave anything, whether it be uh, a, a legal drug, an illegal drug, or in this case, uh, sugars, uh, that craving uh, begins in the brain. And uh, when the brain doesn't get fed uh, what it craves, uh, it turns up the appetite center, making the cravings worse and worse. Nutrients like chromium, vanadium, aspartic acid, combined together with natural anti-inflammatory agents, can go far in eliminating or certainly greatly reducing the effect of sugar addiction. When you hear people say uh, that uh, they have sugar cravings or they have a sweet tooth and they just can't help it, that's their addiction talking. And it is no different than any other addiction. When something sweet touches your mouth, touches your tongue, it immediately sends a message to your brain and your brain thinks time for more insulin. This is why even low calorie or no calorie uh, non-sugar, say soft drinks like diet drinks, can also produce an insulin response because the brain doesn't understand that those artificial sweeteners aren't real. It tastes the sweet sensation on the tongue and the brain goes to work to increase the appetite, to secrete more and more insulin uh, as we go along. So using dietary supplements together with diet can help the type 2 diabetic as well as the hypoglycemic to avoid excessive spikes through overconsumption of these deadly and dangerous foods. But reducing carbohydrates uh, can be a challenge for lots and lots of people because of this addictive factor. Let me give you an example of where some of the sugars come from. A normal soda pop, 12-ounce can, contains 12 to 14 uh, teaspoons of pure sugar. Uh, cakes, pies, cookies, about 10 grams. Candies, 5 grams. Canned fruits in heavy syrup, 4 to 8 grams. Ice cream, 5 to 10 grams a serving, uh, and so on and so on. And when you add all of these up, it is no wonder that type 2 diabetes and its related problems has become so epidemic. But through the use of proper nutrition, uh, we can go a great deal in helping these people. Chromium, vanadium, bitter melon, aspartic acid, alpha-lipoic acid, uh, and certain select herbs have been used very successfully, not only by our research center, but by many other around the world. It is heartened to know that more and more practitioners, more and more dietitians, certainly more and more physicians, are waking up to the fact that the way we have been treating these disorders for decades is not only working, uh, it's actually contributing in a much greater sense to the problem itself. In addition to these key nutrients, I always recommend that each person take what I have called full-spectrum nutrition. And that really is a multivitamin mineral product of your choosing, and hopefully you choose a good one, uh, that contains the 100 basic nutrients 
the vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids, the trace minerals, the fatty acids, uh, the phytochemicals. Why do we need these things? Because our diet is so deficient in these things that it is almost impossible for us to get the optimal level of these nutrients from foods and foods alone. By combining key nutrients in the form of dietary supplements together with a monitored strict dietary intake, we have seen hundreds and hundreds of type 2 diabetics return to a normal way of life. Currently, I'm working with a patient and he is uh, when he came to me, he was uh, uh, teetering the scale at about 300 pounds. His blood sugar was over 500. He, they were so shocked and frightened for his health, they hospitalized him for almost a week and uh, immediately put him on uh, medications. We set out to educate him about his diet. He dropped his carbohydrate intake to 20 grams or less a day. He started taking a good nutrient program, and this client of ours, in three short months, has dropped his fasting blood sugar to below 100 per day, which is normal. Um, he's dropped 43 pounds in 90 days because, remember, insulin is the fat storage hormone, and when you're storing excess fat, it's really pretty difficult to lose it. Today, he's on his way to a full recovery and his physician couldn't be more happier on his behalf. Type 2 diabetes, the greatest epidemic of our lifetime, is completely preventable and controllable. But you have to want to. You have to want to live. You have to have a reason to stay well. This is Dr. Whiting. Take care.